Hey everyone, my name is Omid. My name is Jewel. And welcome to the Endless Watch List. Uh, this is this might seem a little familiar to everyone. Um, might be like, what the hell is this? Where's the drive home? It's 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 it's. Uh, I feel bad to tell you this, but the ride has ended. We have reached our destination, um, and we reached. And it's called the watch list. The watch list, though, it's never it's never ending. It's endless, and that's what this pod this intro is not as going as well as I thought it would. But this podcast is called the never ending the the endless watch list, hosted by myself and Jewel. Um, we realized with the drive home, it was a we we wanted to create a different iteration of it, and less timely we're definitely gonna be talking about movies of the times and like big releases we wanted this to be more of just like a casual listen in when you want type of type of show and um i'm very excited to host it with my friend jewel and uh jewel if you have anything to add to the to this yeah no i'm so excited to talk movies with you um it's one of our favorite things to talk about so i think this will be a good catch-up for us both you know we can yes. catch up on current movies catch up on stuff that's passed in our watch list um some some deep dives that we've wanted to do um some fun little series that we want to do like this episode today so i'm excited to get chatting yeah and also like this is this this show is a little bit more work we want to do what we want to do i feel like the drive home at times was like we were forced to watch movies because we thought it was of the times or somebody won a competition it's not going to be like this year it's going to be very free-flowing very Just like we'll watch the movies we want to watch. Like if there is like I'm not a huge Marvel superhero person, so I don't think we'll rarely we'll rarely talk about superhero movies here, which yeah, upsets Jewel. <laughs> exactly, Jewel's a huge spider. Like different taste. We have different, taste. we have different too, tastes. Which, yeah, our tastes will like and will um, converge in, in a good way. But we don't we don't have to have to watch movies we don't want to watch. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't want to listen to podcasts about movies that I don't want to listen to. Care about hopefully. exactly. <laughs> And yeah, it's you know. very few. It won't be as film bro-y as a drive home. Oh my goodness, if you're listening <laughs> to this, sorry. Um, but uh, but yeah, so like, very excited. We'll have special guests on too. If you want to be a guest, please hit us up. We will figure out a way to get you on. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't think you, if you're listening to this, I assume you listen to Drive Home, so you don't need to know about us. But Jewel, I'll just we met Jewel and I met in 2018. Yeah, uh, almost about over five years ago now, which is kind of insane. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, we both are graduates of American, American <laughs> University, uh, but we didn't meet during college. Jewel's much older than me. Um, I'm kidding, but uh, she we met I'm through. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, we met through work. Um, I was an, I was like an intern, and she was a boss there. But we met. We realized we had a lot in common: Big Brother, movies, uh, yeah, food, and everything. So, and we ended up just hanging out from there. Um, and yeah, we've been friends ever since and yeah, I don't, I don't, I have anything else that I feel like. No, I think uh, now like the pandemic hit, we were going to the movies a lot before the pandemic. And then when the pandemic hit, like we, I moved away. I live in Maine. You live in DC. Like I still, I'm still in DC. Yeah. Yeah. We're not close to each other anymore. We don't go to the movies together like we used to. So I think this is a good chance to, you know, have those conversations about movies that we would have had anyway um but just long distance exactly exactly and hopefully we might do some live episodes soon i'm trying to make my way up to portland yeah. uh, this summer and then jules mm-hmm. does come down to dc for work here and there so <laughs> um but yeah so i think with that i don't think we need to give you overview we're done you know about us if you're listening if you're new to this podcast 
reach out to me. We'll get you up to speed of who we are. Do a little FaceTime when I want to call. But <laughs> uh, but we're going to get started with this episode. And then at the end of the episode, we are going to um, talk about what's ahead. We're planning ahead right now. So if you want to watch some movies with us, you're more than welcome to um, as we go along. But I think this episode, we're going to lay the groundwork of our taste. And I think Jewel will will explain what I mean by that. Yeah, so I think when we were starting this podcast and we were kind of coming up with ideas of what we wanted to do, like what our niche was going to be, it's hard to find a niche for movie podcasts. I listen to so many of them, like most of the podcasts I listen to are like culture, entertainment based, you know, about movies or TV. And there's so many good ones that have good niches already, like there's screen drafts, all fantasy, everything, um, the big picture, there's just a lot of podcasts that we already love. Um, so I think what I was excited about doing was maybe taking, you know, paying homage to some of those great ideas already and doing segments about like, um, you know, we could do drafts or we could do um, deep dives like um, about directors or about um, different, you know, actors or whatever interests us or whatever we're passionate about, countries deep dives that we're passionate about. But one thing I thought would be fun to get us started is another podcast that I love with Brett Goldstein called Films to be Buried With. So definitely go take a listen to that if you've never listened. But the and Brett Goldstein is Roy Kent on Ted Lasso, yeah. if you're not sure who that is. Yeah. So, yeah, just a, just a quick... Yeah, his Sorry. voice will be very, like, jarring. The yes, exactly, like, exactly. Yeah, he was a writer on the show and everything. Yeah, that was, like, my main... I was like, oh, my God, he doesn't sound like that. Um, but... Yeah, so the premise of this show is is um, an untimely death, but <laughs> uh, a great collection of movies that you're taking with you in your untimely death. And I think it will help us create, you know, kind of a groundwork for what our taste is like. We'll get some favorites. We'll get some, you know, some genres we like and don't like that you might not be seeing that often on the podcast, but maybe yeah. we'll, um, yeah, there's a lot in here there's a lot of questions and a few questions of our own too so yeah it's just gonna be um yeah it's gonna be dark but also fun <laughs> yeah i'll be fine i think we'll, we'll there'll be a lot more jokes yeah but i think yeah, it's just it'll be fun but it's a good way honestly like i do think this is a great like if i want to get to know someone's movie taste yeah the letterbox tells you one side of the story this is a good way to actually get in-depth questions on on how we got there and we'll and there's a bit of some role playing when it does come to like the, that the aspect of it all where it's like how did you die or like you're now in heaven what do you want heaven to be made out of stuff like that so mm-hmm. um yeah but i'm excited conversations death and movies okay I, i'm not the same so don't don't <laughs> don't associate us to be the same but anyways um and so i think what we do here we'll do we'll talk about one question give each other our answers move on to the next question um if 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 that works yeah let's get started so all right Omid, how did you die so um if you know me you know i'm very clumsy i'm a clumsy and no, i'm not clumsy i'm just a clumsy eater i cannot if i go out to dinner or lunch or breakfast or coffee or whatever there's at least a 60 percent chance i'm gonna spill something on me Same. at least 60 at least 60 for certain meals it's 70 for different uh, the type of shirt i'm wearing maybe even 80 but so i was like that's like my one of my biggest issues is that i'm just clumsy while eating so to go with that my cause of that is that i'll burn myself while being while eating something and the the, the burn while is so while cooking while cooking no cook it's lot. eating 
I cook oh, a just lot. The while cooking, eating. It's only while eating. When, when I'm cooking, I'll get like a little splatter, but it's like whatever. I don't care. So I'm wearing like a not a shirt I don't care about. But it'll hap- I'll be eating something, and for some reason, the dish falls into my lap, and it, I just get third degree burns, and I I pass away that way. I just die. I die by being clumsy while eating. That's it. It's it's very <laughs> out of out of nowhere, but it could happen honestly in my life. So okay, I can see it. I feel like you spend more time in the kitchen. I'm I'm surprised that you're so like you're confident and not burning yourself or hurting yourself. Because I'm I'm <laughs> not like because like, I'm these are some like deep interesting scenarios that would have to happen for you to die at a restaurant. <laughs> Well, it's more because like when I'm cooking, I'm focused. When I'm eating, I'm talking to other people and then I'll oh, something true. will splatter on me. So I think here it's like I'm talking, I'm talking with my hands like I do. And then I knock like a hot bowl of soup down my pants. And then for, I had another, oh, another and I'm, just, I'm just making stuff up, Jules. It's not serious. And then hot my right hand, down <laughs> my right hand, like I like, I don't know, like. It's vodka. I splash into my eyes, and it's just like I don't know. Anyways, but yeah, it's it, it's crazy, but it's I it's just my type of how I think it would happen to me. So how do you um how do you feel about death? What do you think what? happens after we die? Oh yes, Brett does ask this question, so yeah. I was like, what, why is Jewel talking to me about death like this? I don't care. Um, you, I think you, you get, think about it. I don't think about it a lot. I yeah. do think, like, if there's anything, I do think you get reincarnated into, like, a different soul. Like, your soul gets yeah. be put into, like, another being, a human being, maybe another, uh, like, like, thing, an animal, like a, an animal, yeah. like a leaf. I don't know. Uh, but I don't think about it too much. I'm yeah. like, my, I just feel like my, I feel like we just become, the, our souls just repeat each other, repeats mm. itself each time. So, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Alrighty. Do you Alrighty. So, me or should I? Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> so, Jill, how did you die in in this uh, in this in this scenario? Okay, so I mean, there's like timely and untimely. Like, if it was up to me, I would die of old age, like in a garden or like after eating a really good meal, like with my family surrounded. <laughs> Like boring just like in a field okay realistically if i were to die like anytime soon it would also probably be clumsy i've fucking severely adhd like it could be um anything like that honestly it would probably be a tooth infection tooth infection yeah if we're thinking like realistic untimely deaths for me it's to- a tooth infection. But why tooth infection? Because you have a lot of sweets. Like, what's going yeah, on here? I love just, sweets. I have you don't brush your teeth, teeth enough? Well, I brush my teeth constantly. I you love floss. I floss all the time. I just have had, I'm like, I'm 29 soon, and I've had like three root canals. I think this is like a three? I think it's been about three. Jesus Christ. I, at least three. <laughs> I've had two in the past year. In the past year? Yeah. What? <laughs> they were right next to each other. Like I didn't go to the dentist for like three years, and they're like, "Yeah, your teeth have been fucked." And I was like, oh, "Okay, oh, yeah. sorry." Yeah, same. But yeah. so I mean, if we're realistic, that's probably what's gonna happen. Okay. <laughs> Boring, but whatever. But, okay. Boring. And what are your what are your thoughts on death? I'm kind of the same. I think that we are never gonna really know. It's like, um, or, and everyone's guesses, or I don't know. Yeah, I think reincarnation is the most like thing I'm comfortable with yeah I don't I can't see us like all I mean the prompt of this like one of the questions is what we'll take with us to heaven (laughs) yes but like which would be lovely but I do I do consider like 
I think I feel like the continuation of souls is the way that I would also kind of hope that things are happening. Yeah. Um, and like looking around me, like the more that you're in nature and that I feel like that's that's what I'm most comfortable with too. I do think about it often. Like the older I get, I think about it all the time. <laughs> like that's not send me in the next five years, what you're <laughs> hopefully not. I'm hopefully living life or who knows. But also it's like when people die too, I'm just like knowing who they like at the end of the day, it's just like I have my own life to live and they would want me to live that life. They wouldn't want me to like be so what's it called? Like so pessimistic that they're gone. If that makes yeah, sense. definitely. And I'm, I'm also like coming fresh off of like my family dog passing as well. And I think that I've been thinking about it a lot lately just, but I think it's also like, it's sweet knowing that like we gave her the life that, this is getting deep now. <laughs> like, yeah, I was going to say, like, damn, all right. <laughs> but still, I think. No, uh, but it's, it's it going to be a session, you know? too. Yeah, yeah. Like, the the day after she died, too, like, my mom saw an owl, like, in the in their backyard and, like, was really comforted by that. There's, I think that, like, yeah. the continuation of souls is definitely, like, where I feel comfortable. So. That's good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's all right. Anyways, we got to movies. <laughs> Movie conversation. Um, okay, Omid, what was the first film that you ever saw or remember seeing? So I know I've seen movies before this one, but this is the one I remember actively going to. I remember the movie theater experience mm-hmm. and it was the movie Robots. Yeah, um, I've never seen this. It's, yeah, I think you're, you were like 10 when yeah. I was seeing this. I was five. <laughs> um, and it was, it was, it was, yeah, we're five, you're five years old. Five than years, me. damn. Okay. Yeah, true. 99, what are you, 94? 94 yeah yeah it's five years okay yeah old oldie um and so robots yeah um robots is a movie i don't remember much about it i haven't seen it since i've seen the trailer it just it was a as like as i think about it more and more it seems like a very annoying movie it's about a family uh who i don't know whatever anyways but i remember going with my brother and my dad and i remember the movie that we went to uh, it was like a multiplex near me. That's now a car dealership. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, that was my first memory. However, when I have kids, I am I love letterboxes. Jules and I, yeah. holy grail, we love letterbox. But when I'm a, when I have a kid, I'm going to create an account for them. Day one when they're born. Yeah, day one. Yeah. And I might log movies. I see where they're sitting next to me and be like, "You did see this? You don't remember it?" <laughs> but it'll be a way. Looking at the screen, it'll be a way for me to for for me to track what they've seen. Just so when they get older, even if they're not into movies, at least they know they've seen this movie or not. Because mm-hmm. I'm also a huge statistician type of yeah. shit. I love statistics, love data. Jewel, as well now, as she helps me with another side project I do, mm-hmm. uh, the homies report. But but yeah, so I, I'll know what I'm doing for my kids so they remember. But Robots is the first film I remember seeing. So around 2000, I think, let me just check when it came out real quickly. It came out in 2005. Yeah, so it was about six years oh, old. Wow. Okay. About six years old um but yeah uh that is that is my movie um neck jewel what was the first film you ever saw or remember seeing okay so i there was like a good string of movies when i was like you know like three to eight that's like all the good disney movies like aladdin lion king toy story that's all of them so i vaguely remember seeing a lot of these in theaters, I'm not, I don't really remember what first theater movie I saw. My parents yeah. were either, but they do remember like me living in Vegas when I was, a li- when I was like a little kid watching A Bug's Life constantly. 
apparently I watched A Bug's Life all of the time. And I do remember it. I watched it like a couple of weeks ago too, just to kind of like remember yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what it was. That's a crazy movie. Um, but yeah, I, I think The Bug's Life, I do remember vividly seeing The Matrix when I was too young for it and like getting really freaked out by it. But yeah, I think A Bug's Life was like solidly my first yeah. real movie I watched and cared about. <laughs> now that you bring it up, I, I do remember seeing Finding Nemo at home, but like I know I've saw it Finding Nemo before I saw Robots, but for me, it's like the first experience I remember about being excited for a movie was Robots. So that's what mm-hmm. I give people the answer for. Yeah. It might just like just six. I, my, my family loves movies especially my dad. So it's like, I know I was seeing movies before robots, but I yeah. actually remember robots. So, but it, there are a ton of movies I did see at home that I know I was obsessed with. So my first movie theater one that I like really remember was probably Harry Potter. So I was like, one? yeah, I was like six or seven. Like, I remember going to that, like we went to that like three or four times. My parents were like, let's go all the time. Cause you really enjoy it. So yeah. maybe, maybe that first one too, but I was two, th- I was two years old. Sorry. A baby. It's a little baby. Yeah. What um like less nostalgic? What was the film that scared you the most? Um, okay, two things. Also, one, we're gonna create a whole uh letterbox list for mm-hmm. our answers on so yeah. you'll be able to see all these movies. Do you want to see it? Because some of these movies we both I have, I would say more than Jewel. Yeah. A little more obscure, uh, as this one is. So I don't actively watch scary movies. Uh I hate her. I think the genre is not I, I appreciate what the genre does. I just don't need to see those movies. I don't yeah, I don't watch a movie to get myself scared. I will watch a movie to, to be stressed, but to be scared, no. To be stressed. Like I'm down to see yeah, a thriller. To like yeah, to be like kind of excited uh, to see what's exactly. happening. Yeah. But, but like I actively don't see scary movies. I don't like to. So this and this question is a little hard for me. Mm-hmm. But I did see like a psychological thriller a couple years ago. Uh for a challenge I did with Omar, like the Omid and oh, Omar and I watched the movie. We were both unemployed at this point. Mm-hmm. Watched the movie every single day of the month of September from a different country. And lo and behold, Australia was a country we chose. We picked the movie Wake and Fright. Knew nothing about it, but it's about this guy who ends up in a rural out, outback mining town and placed, is spending the night there before he goes to Sydney. And he just goes on a fucking bender. The city's obsessed with drinking and all this and stuff. But it's scary. Because, not like, but like not because of the images. It's unsettling. It's like how much, how, how much can your brain take? Yeah. Uh, type of shit. Like it's like how, like how much, how quickly you can lose control of your life. That's Ooh, the yeah. scary. Like it was, there's no jump scares. There might've been one actually, but it's more like, damn, your life can go. It's scary because it felt so real. And the fact that your life can just, slip away from mm-hmm. you so quickly yeah. is is uh why I, I really enjoyed the movie too i gave it like a four four and a half yeah i'm trying to find my review for it but yeah it is it, it's a solid it's a very good movie what is yeah it's incredible uh you said it's so australian it is very australian <laughs> it is extremely extremely australian and i thought the direction and cinematography are great so wake and fright's my this movie that's giving me the most i think there's another answer like Hereditary is scary, but it's just that that one I like Wake and Fright more. So, Jewel, what was the film that scared you the most? I also am not like a huge fan of horror. Like, two of my favorite movies are horror movies, but it's yeah, that's those are different. I guess (laughs) we'll find those out later. Um, but I got really spooked when I watched Annihilation for the first time. I remember being in the theater and like 
wanting to leave at some point because the people I were mm-hmm. with, I was with, I remember they were like loving it. They were so happy and so excited. And I was just like cowering behind them. I was just like, especially like one scene. It's all very unsettling. Like the imagery, it's beautiful. It's like a, a very beautiful film, but, um, and I liked it too. After, after I watched it, I've watched it again and I really like it. But um, specifically, like spoiler alert, the one scene where there's a someone that's been eaten by a bear and the bear, like the scream of the bear is actually like the person's voice inside. That was so unsettling to me that I like wanted to leave. I might have left. <laughs> like, I've never seen it. Back. OK, well, that seems scary, but the rest of it is just it's just unsettling because it's, it's okay. another um, it's got kind of like an uncanny valley situation to okay. you where like everything's the same but kind of different um and those i are probably where i like horror movies the most where it gives you that kind of like unsettling feeling like i don't like gore i'm never gonna watch yeah same saw movies or anything like those are probably terrifying but i'm never i'm never really gonna watch those yeah um, but yeah annihilation definitely okay me shaking in my boots a little Mine's on the it's mine. It's on my watch list, but I don't like sci-fi movies. I'm not also the biggest fan of either, so I'm not going yeah. out of my way to. I won't. Sorry, I won't be going out of my way to see it. But uh, if you can catch it too, like in a theater, I think that would be better experience. That would be a better experience. Like the way that I watched it, I remember really liking it, and then I watched it at home. I kind of was like, I could skip past this part. Like I could just. You're not as into it, obviously. Like when yeah, you're yeah. on your laptop or something, but if you can catch it in a theater, I definitely think you should watch it still. Um, okay, so sounds good. From being scared to being sad, what was the film that made you cry the most? So my claim to fame amongst my <laughs> friends and movie is that I've never cried. I so don't remember ever crying to a movie. This is in this is this is where we like diverge. I've cried during like every movie. I just I've read. Watched. I <laughs> I just read a little life. Have you read a little life before? No. No. Oh, I like I know know people of... claim it to be the one of the saddest books ever. Yeah, you didn't. Cry. I didn't cry once there. Um, no. <laughs> and guys, mind you, I'm a very emotional person. I used to cry all the time growing up. I do cry a bit still. I think crying's great. It's like healthy yeah. for you. For some reason, mediums don't do that for me. Like watching mm-hmm. something, listening to music. Okay, three songs. Four. There was when I was really, really depressed. Sorry, TMI. There were four oh. songs I would listen to all the time cry cry automatically really? um yeah See, the four songs get, like music to make me cry as much but movies it's and not shows, I, I literally cry like once a day when i watch the, the music wasn't like the actual songs were making me cry but it was my association listening to them being like okay i'm in a depressive state let me put this music on oh it'll, it'll, it'll force me to cry if that makes sense yeah all right okay. well, enough about my depression <laughs> um but so I've never really cried during a movie, TV show. No, I have been close. Like I've tears welding, but tears coming down. Not really. Um, but there was a movie that came out this year in Sundance. It's not out for public release yet. I don't know if it will be. It was just a small documentary called Junam, which is, uh, it, yeah, it, I don't think any. Okay. If you didn't see it in Sundance, I hope you see it after, but it's about this girl, Sierra, who's Iranian American, but, she is half Iranian, half American. I'm full Iranian, but was born here, so you know, whatever. Anyways, she, her grandma comes to Iran and is staying with them. And Sierra does not know Farsi. I know Farsi. Um, and I don't know why I said that. Sierra, yeah. but Sierra's <laughs> learning. Well, it matters because Sierra's learning 
to speak Farsi okay. through her grandma, through people back in Iran and stuff like that. And so it's that journey and it's about learning about her parents and her grandma's past lives. But there's a scene towards the end where they, I, I think they went to Iran or the family came from Iran to America. I think they went to Iran. No, I don't remember. Anyways, but there's a scene where uh, where it, they link, they interact and engage with each other. Mm-hmm. And it felt so personal and close to home that I was like, damn, like, I miss my family. The, no, the whole family, like oh, the, the whole whole family, okay, yeah. whole family and I, they're interacting. They met up, the, the departure, the, the arrivals gate of an airport and they meet up and they almost cry. And then it's like, the, then like they, they link up and it's a very emotional scene. Um, technically, this because this movie hasn't been watched, but just came out. I am the top review on on the on Letterbox deck for this movie, and it's it's I wrote like when a per, it's, it's just a very personal film. That's why I've, I feel like I was the closest to crying because it felt so personal. It's like both of my experiences, like uh, it hits very close to home, and where I actually currently have a relative who does not know English in the states. I thank God for my parents for teaching me Farsi that it just we can communicate him with no issue. Um, but it also talks about being Iranian and what it means. So very, very, very good film that I thoroughly enjoyed. And it's not the most, per- it's not the perfect film, but it is a very personal film that I can connect to. So Junam is, is my, the film that has made me closest to crying. Awesome. Um, and I, I'll <laughs> add, we're I'll, again, we'll have a letterbox list. So if you want to access it, you can from there. All right. So Jewel, what was the film that made you cry the most? I've cried during so many movies, but the one movie that I remember made me cry, I had to like pause the movie and like sit and cry for a second and collect myself because I watched Never Let Me Go in college for a a class on robots and film, which was such a fun class. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, it was a really fun class. I studied film in college. I really just did it because I like classes like that. (laughs) And I didn't want to take any other classes. Um, So... There's a part in Never Let Me Go, which if you've never seen it, it's based off a Kazuo Ishiguri novel. So the novel as well would, pro- would probably make me cry. Um, the individuals, there's Andrew Garfield, Carrie Mulligan, Keira Knightley, they're um, individuals that are created as kind of like living donors for their actual people, their actual like, counterparts. Um, and the way that they but they're raised the same way that we are. Like they have the exact same like romances. They have the exact same upbringing. They create art. There's um, there's really no like distinction, but they're, they're created for this one purpose to, to donate and then die at the end or complete is what they say. Um, and there's a part where Andrew Garfield figures out that he's finally like in love with Carrie Mulligan. They think that they can maybe refer this procedure and that they can live together longer and like be happy together um and he creates a bunch of art to kind of prove that he can do that they find out that that doesn't matter like they're going to complete anyway the art didn't matter they only determined that they would create art because um they were trying to figure out if these clones had souls and Mm -hmm. there's a part where he figures this out and he fully breaks down because he realizes he's going to complete soon and he's never going to get to love this person like he thought he would and he just breaks down this is like one of the best scenes I've ever seen he just like pulls out of the car breaks down crying and like just falls to his knees in the street and it 
I literally I had to pause. I was like, this is making me so, so intense. Yeah, yeah. Because it's also, yeah, it's like the whole purpose of the movie is, I mean, we're living the same life. Like what happens? It was just a lot of like, what is going to happen, you know, to us and they're dying versus them completing. It just really hit me. And I think I was like, okay, I'm an adult now. <laughs> like, yeah. That like gave me depression. Um, nice. <laughs> but no, it's just, it's a really well-acted scene too. I was like in Andrew Garfield phase. I also watched Boy A, like probably around the same time. And that's another really good Andrew Garfield performance, but that made me cry a lot. But yeah, okay. Never Let Me Go. Definitely recommend, but just be prepared. Have you read the book or no? Pause. No, I think I own the book, but um, I think it also got like water damage. So no, I haven't read it, but I haven't read it yet. Okay. But Sounds it's good. so good. Definitely recommend it. I'd give it a, I might give it a watch. It's very, very interesting. Um, that was a great class. I should just give you that book that I had in the class because it was so Yeah, cool. yeah please. <laughs> also, I, I just looked up Boreon Letterboxd and it's i've never heard of it so i was like let me have to like, let me look at him to watch this very funny you're uh, you're in an andrew garfield phase the top review for bore a you want me to read it to you what being a being a slut for andrew garfield brings me to some surprisingly good films <laughs> it was good yeah i mean yeah. when he was like when he was spider-man that was probably also when like the exact same time i was like oh let me just dive into like his british stuff <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. so that's very funny oh, that's really good and then he made me cry in spider-man he he, his face like is is one of those faces that just makes me cry um okay something more fun though what next question what is a film that is like critically panned critically hated but you still love it okay so this is a hard question for me as well because i don't actively see bad movies yeah same uh, i i I, mean, I, yeah. I try not to go see bad movies because one i don't want to waste my time two it's just like yeah sure call me a east coast elite but like I'm not wasting my time with a bad movie. I'm going to go actively see critically acclaimed movies because, yeah, because there's a reason. You're, criti- in the, you're in the spots too. Exactly. So, so yeah. So it's like, I don't really, I don't, I don't have an answer for this because it's like, there's not a movie I'm seeing where it's like, I have seen movies most people don't like that I like, but they're not like critically planned or yeah. just like really hated. Um, But this one's more, this is a cop-out answer. So I'm just going to tell you, it's like Mike. Like Mike's an incredible. It's a very fun one. It's like critically, people don't like it, but it's like a children's movie. Yeah, not, it's not supposed to be critically loved by everyone. It's a fucking child's movie. <laughs> I love like Mike. I think it's um the much mo- the most superior basketball movie. Much okay, that's a lie. I do think Love and Basketball is great. I think White Men Can't Jump is great. The original. Um, yeah, <laughs> but and I'm not even watching the remake. But for a child, when it's like like Mike. For, yeah, <laughs> when it's like like Mike for Space Jam. The fact that people ever say Space Jam to me is yeah, crazy. Yeah, I think it's much more fun. It much more fun. Sense. Space more Jam sense. makes absolutely no sense. No, and and <laughs> like my and I'm also a huge sports guy. I like I know like seeing all the fucking cameos from all these NBA players during the early mm-hmm. 2000s is fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Mike, but that's a cock bad answer. So couldn't really give you one there. I mean, yeah, I don't really have like. A, there's only like one movie that I remember seeing that everyone in the theater absolutely loved and then it won best picture shape of water and I was like mm, not a fan but my answer for this question I really like George of the Jungle and it's like not a good movie it's a bad movie but I rewatched it the other day and it's like very romantic and it's very fun it just feels good like the whole movie feels good and I think like I actually do really like bad movies. Like one of my other favorite podcasts is How Did This Get Made, and I think like 
step up movies, Fast and Furious movies. So many of them are so bad and I love them. So this is like a genre that I actually really, not a genre, but like a niche that I really enjoy. But Enjoy, yeah. George of the Jungle. Have you ever seen it? No. It's, oh. What's his name? Brendan Fraser. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. He's so hot in that movie. Leslie Mann is also so hot. They have such a good romance. It's so cute. And it was one of those that like there's straight to DVD, like remake or um, sequel. Yeah. It, it created like a, a lot of bad movies. But well, that one, I think underrated. Very good. Android, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and then, so kind of the same vein, like what's a film that you once loved, but then you're watching it recently or you watched it the past few years that you realize you don't think it's as good, you don't like it as much? So this is another problem with this question. I don't really rewatch movies. Yeah. I'm starting to do so more often than not, but I don't tend to watch rewatch movies because I'm like, there's so many, I, again, this is a never ending, the never, the endless watch list. <laughs> I have 2,000 films on my watch list. Why am I going to rewatch a fucking movie? Um, I mean, comfort. Yeah, but that's... Uh, so with that, it's like, I'm going to rewatch a movie I know I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this question was a little hard for me, but I would say, like, there are two movies that I that I would that I saw at the time that I know if I rewatched it, I'd be like, this shit sucks. <laughs> and it's either American Hustle or Vice. I haven't oh, rewatched them. I don't think yeah. I'm going to, but I love a modern modern like a modern drama like i love history but if it's like early 2000s history late 90s like modern history movies incredible i eat that shit up yeah so that's why vice i enjoyed at the time but i feel like i just think the style the adam acacia i would be tired of now if i watched it yeah um an american hustle i think it's just like david russell being david russell and like i like civil Linux playbook but American Hustle is just like so complicated, like so many things going on at once that don't always work. So yeah, so yeah, those are mine. Okay, um, my one I couldn't really. This was I also had a hard time because I do rewatch a ton of movies, but I rewatch them because I like them or because they're comforting to me. But one that I used to be obsessed with when I was younger was Love Me If You Dare. So you have this at five stars right now. I do have it on five stars, but I I. I think this is also like reflecting on stuff that I liked when I was in high school, you know, like trying to determine my film taste. I feel like I was probably very pretentious because I would watch French movies like a lot. I would try to torrent them like, <laughs> on my laptop in my room. And this one, it's beautiful. And the cast, I developed like the biggest crush on Guillaume Canet. But watching it recently, it's just, it's, it is pretentious. Like it, it's a Romeo and Juliet type story that, isn't satisfying and the whole time you're just like screaming at them being like okay but you could you could just change your way and just do something different and like a lot of the conflict a lot of the conflict is just kind of like a fantasy and it's absurdist Mm -hmm. but like deep down like realistically the movie to me is now like oh this this could have gone so many different ways and it's not as satisfying to me like the way that it did end yeah, and like the full romance of it all. It seems so sweeping to me and absurdist and beautiful when I was in high school. But now that I've watched like so many more movies, it's just kind of like, oh, okay, it it could have been better. <laughs> better, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't I, like. I don't think it's terrible. I do still really love it. It has like a good place in my heart. But like, it's I'm not gonna rewatch it a bunch now and and find it as important or like, yeah, as special to me as when I was younger. So yeah, yeah. Okay. That's, okay um what is a film that you love in a genre that you usually dislike 
So I think we both have a relative where the, the genre is relatively the same for both of us. It's horror. Uh-huh. Uh, we picked two horror movies. Uh, I picked the Midsommar. Um, I think Midsommar is a very good movie. I wouldn't say great, very good movie. Yeah. But I liked it because I think it's something about horror movies is they're always dark, they're always grimy. It's mm-hmm. like Midsommar took that approach but made it like a very beautiful place, sunshine yeah. all the time. And made and and I thought it was very thrilling. I love the colors in the movie, and I was like, "This is we're taking we're twisting the spin of horror into something that's kind of appealing, appetizing yeah. as well." So especially like so visually, so, visually and like, especially it didn't sound like a horror movie as well. Exactly, yeah. it just sounded like a drama. So Midsummer is a movie that I love in the genre that I usually dislike. Yeah, that I was also thinking Midsummer for what scared me the most, just because at the beginning, like yeah. The, that the that scene. stuck yeah. with me the whole time, which I guess is, I remember being in the theater thinking like, okay, this is looming over the rest of the movie in like such yeah. a tangible way, which is why I think I really liked it. And it was like satisfying at the end because it was, you're finally like grieving what happened. But yeah, that unsettled me. Oh, that unsettled me like in my bones. Um, yeah, no, mine are definitely horror as well. I'm not, I'm not a huge horror fan, but my two of my absolute favorite movies are the 1975 version of Separate Wives and Rosemary's Baby. Um, they're both incredible. We've definitely talked about both of them a bit on, on the drive home. Um, yeah. But they're both like thrilling in a way too. And they're just like, they're that unsettling that we've talked about. It's 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 not straight up horror, but it's like gaslighting or it's um, just people doing things to you that you have no control over. Um, which I find fascinating. Like those are both also very influential for current horror movies. I think like Ari Aster yes. and Jordan Peele both are pulling from those movies. Um, yeah. So those are also maybe like the greatest films <laughs> I've ever made too. But um, yeah, definitely like in, this is one of the questions that we just came up with. So, and I mostly came up with it because I wanted to talk about <laughs> my favorite movies. These movies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so this next question is also um, uh, a question we came up with as well. Oh, yeah. Do you want to you ask this one? Yeah, sure. So, so what a film, what's a film you want to give another try? So like a film you initially watch, you're like, was it for me? But you'd give another try. Either do, do, you were right at my fear wasn't right, too young to understand it or in a bad headspace. And I selected, I'm going to say before the before trilogy, I'm going to give an answer. I haven't seen the third one mm-hmm. yet. But I also did not enjoy the first two. I think it's also I don't give a fuck. Okay, that's a, that's wait that was aggressive. <laughs> I don't love sappy love stories. Like I think if, okay. I'm not the I'm a romantic, but I'm not like in your face romantic. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with the before trilogy, it's just like talking. Also, I don't love movies that are just all talking. But mm. I have everyone has seen all these movies and everyone loves these fucking movies. So I'm yeah. willing to give it another chance. I think maybe I'll wait till I'm in love mm-hmm. or like I'm in Europe or something like that. But uh, <laughs> I would give it to be. Europe. Europe's would, not like the central I know, but universal film. <laughs> but I would give Before Trilogy another chance. Okay. Yeah. I I hope that you do. Because <laughs> I, I do feel like. This, yeah. Yeah, these are like some of my favorite movies. I almost put this for most relatable, but we'll, yeah, we'll, I have another one for that guy. Um, they're both, they're all beautiful films, especially the three of them together. I just, it's the perfect trilogy. 
I think if you see them in the right space, if you see them a little bit older too, like I, cause I yeah. watched before midnight when I was younger and then I've watched it like recently and it, it fully pivoted. Like once I have, you know, been in love and been to Europe, I guess <laughs> maybe that's why I liked it. Yeah. Um, but be. I, I hope that you do give them another try. I think that you'll like it eventually. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Mine is the tree of life. Have you ever seen that? I have. Yeah. When and I enjoyed it. I saw it in 2020 and I enjoyed it, but I, I immediately added to my watch list because I was like, this is, re- I, this is due for, this is due for uh, a rewatch. Yeah. But I get to rewatch it still. When did it come out? It came out in 2011. 2011. Yeah. 2011. Yeah. Cause I remember watching this in high school with my friend in his basement. Like we had like two separate viewings of it. Cause we were so excited to watch it, but I mean, that's not a movie that like 17 year olds really should, should be seeing. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, didn't, it didn't really. I remember thinking this is so beautiful, but I wasn't affected by it in any way. Like I, I think if I were to watch it now with the kind of like ennui that I've like experienced in my late yeah. 20s, it would have a lot. It would have a different impact and it would have like the correct impact. Um, I think it. Yeah. But I, I want to give it another try. You also put first reformed as well as like I did kind of maybe which I was thinking about too I also like I watched it and I I was thinking maybe another day like this didn't hit me the way that I needed it to yeah I agree so first one was another option but it's also like I watched it at home I have a pro- okay if a movie is captivating I, I can and I watch it at home that's great but if a movie lulls when it's yeah when it's stuff that I'm watching at home I tend to go on my phone. Yeah. And with first reform, it's kind of boring at times. So I was like, uh-huh. let me just go on my phone. If I started in the theater, I would much be much more invested in it. So that's why I was like, you know what? Like that's what I took off first reform because it was like it's my own doing. Before trilogy, yeah. I do think it was a little young. So uh-huh. um, but yeah, so that those are my answers. But yeah, Tree of Life out, it's definitely do free watch because it hit, but it could have hit more too. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so this is um a good lean in actually to the next question too, because um what is the film that means the most to you not because of the film itself but because of the memories or like the time you watched it um that you have of it yeah so this one could have been a couple answers but i did one that's like very to the very relatable to the heart so it's a palestinian film called wajib uh it's also came from the cha- the movie challenge omar and i did back in 2020 so, uh palestine was a country and it's about this father and son who are giving who are passing out wedding invitations for the daughter for the son's sister the father's daughter's mm-hmm. wedding and it they're just in a car for most of the film passing out and get this ones in certain situations i ended up watching this film with my father and it's very and the father the, the kid is outspoken lives in europe the father's still in palestine and I watched it with my dad, and we both really enjoyed it. Omar also watched it with his father. They really enjoyed it. Oh. But when talking about it with my dad, we talked about, like, his memories, like, how his his relationship with his dad was, and, like, and the, the like, the ideological differences they had when it came to certain things, and also the relationship together. And, you know, we reflected on our relationship as well. So I really enjoyed this film. I highly recommend this to anyone to watch. Yeah, um, it is, yeah. You need to watch it. I think everyone who's watched, I've told to watch it, has given it five stars. Um, and funny enough, like we had sort of like uh, 
what's the word certain certain rules associated with certain countries so like would Wajib I pick the movie for both of us and to other countries I'm going to pick the movie for both of us or I'd pick a movie for him like it would different different rules for each one but for Palestine I pick this movie for the both of us to watch and ended up being a great choice like yeah so everyone I know who's watched it has given it a five like out, out of the, all the friends we've seen it so definitely check it out I need to. I think it's in my watch list. Yeah, and it is in your watch list. The yeah. endless watch list. <laughs> I definitely need to watch it. Yeah, um, but it's, oh no, it's not on your watch list. It isn't. Okay, I need to add a jewel. Adding wow. to the endless watch list. Wow. I feel like. Yeah, I remember when you did that challenge. I I need to. There was yeah. like I've had lulls of letterbox usage though, for sure. That's true. <laughs> that is very true. There's like months where I won't do anything. Do anything exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll come back in and say that Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is a nightmare. Hated that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyways. Um, okay. The film that means the most to me is the movie Patterson. And this is also, I think, a movie that you should try to give another try. Like in Yes. Your- I never finished your- it. I never finished it. So mm. I never logged it. So Okay. Yeah. This is one, like, re- weirdly that I watched, like, on my laptop. But it, it works as well as, like, a theater viewing would. Um, I do think that you should give it a try when you're a little older. Because this hit me like at the right time in the pandemic too, where I was like trying to figure out, do I want to like switch my job? Like, do I want to go to grad school? What do I want to do? I was feeling like really unsettled and really um, listless, like probably a lot of us did in the pandemic. Um, but once I watched this movie, I do think it changed something in me. Like it, it did pivot my brain chemistry a little bit because I also <laughs> am very cynical too. And I remember thinking like, I didn't, know what it was about and I was like something bad is gonna happen like he's gonna crash his bus like something bad is gonna go down and like the the worst thing that happens is that like he loses his poems that's like the most high that's like the highest stakes of the movie um but it's the it's just like a simple it's a simple movie and it's about um kind of finding the beauty in the mundane too and I think that just settling in the beauty of everyday things and yeah. the relationship in that movie too is also like is pretty close to my relationship now I think that it's all about just you know kind of calming down and like um just noticing the beauty in the world and the beauty in all of the mundane things and I think that really like shifted something in my head at the right time um and just made me kind of calm down so I, I moved to Portland and I you know just didn't um feel as stressed about my future in the same way and I think that was like a really good that was a really good pivot at the right time at the right age um so yeah definitely definitely watch Patterson but yeah. it's one that you should watch again for sure I, I, I will definitely fully <laughs> I watched it with my family and I think because the climax is I didn't know this until you told me was him losing his poems I don't think it's the best family movie to watch but mm-hmm. if yeah it's kind of like it's a little slow i think just for, exactly so it's like when you should watch alone yeah and when it's raining and stuff like that so yeah. yes yeah 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 when yeah. you're like 27 <laughs> okay so i'll wait a couple years then yeah <laughs> wait a little um, longer yeah okay oh, next okay. film is next question is what is the sexiest film um and so this one i have two answers but one i'm going to take out now because i so this lovely stranger created all the answers for all the guests who've been on mm-hmm. Brett's mm-hmm. shows, Brett's show. Um, and Itu Mama Tambien has been a repeat answer for this question. Yeah, it's pretty common. That was my, that was my, that was my original answer, but I was like, mm, it's hot, but it's, 
I could do the handmaiden instead. When you texted me that you didn't know what to put for this, I was literally thinking, I was like, but you're going to choose the handmaiden. Like, yeah. So I chose the Because I've also like talked about certain movies being sexy or certain people in the movie being sexy. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to go to my like my reviews and I couldn't find it. So I was like, you know what? Let me. But uh, the handmaiden's a very, very sexy film. It's an incredible film. They're actually mm-hmm. doing like a. Uh, Park Chung-wook. Yeah. Park Chung Wook. It's a decision to leave, uh, right? He just said they're yeah. doing a retrospective at AFI mm-hmm. and they are re-showing uh the handmaiden, so I'll be able to see in the in the big theater. Yeah. Uh so so yes, I'm very excited. But it's a sexy movie, it's a thriller, it is all consuming. I'm just like, damn, I want to be in that life. So mm-hmm. yeah. uh The Handmaiden's my my movie, 2016 movie. Uh so Jewel, what is your what is the sexiest film? Mine are also kind of common repeats that I saw like a lot across these episodes, but it's like they're repeats for a reason like uh, atonement I, I watched like really young probably too young and I, that was like one of the best like sex scenes in a movie and they just like the um it's the pride and prejudice of it all too where it's like the hands the little things that are sexy and not necessarily just the sex scenes um just like the brushing of hands there was like a fountain scene that I remember sticking with me pretty pretty heavily and it's it's mm-hmm. a tragic movie but um that is a very sexy movie and the other one I was thinking was secretary too which I just watched kind of recently um that that's a very sexy movie that doesn't have a ton of sex in it as well but it's yeah the relationship that they form is like so so intense and the ending the comfort I think as well of like having somebody tell you what to do like the, the whole film is it's um wrapped up in like a good bow to me i feel like it's it's just a very underlying sexy film yeah, yeah. It's, i mean it's overtly it seems overtly sexual but it's it's actually kind of sad through a lot of it and by the time that you like actually get the relationship going it's it's like very sexy i i do i like these kind of movies so <laughs> all four of these i think are great um but then, is, okay. yeah. the next question a lot of people don't answer on the podcast like he asks, not everyone gives an answer, but what is if and I'm like intrigued by your answer too. <laughs> What's a film that isn't supposed to be sexy, but you found yourself turned on by? Which he like doubles down and saying troubling boners, wearing wide ons. What's what's that one? So so this <laughs> so this movie is, is Tampopo. It's a Japanese movie. Yeah, about uh, a ramen shop, yes okay yeah but there are a lot of different stories too like yeah. it, it's about a ramen shop but there are other scenes like interconnected with it at times not really and there's a sex scene in it but it's like food is the kink if that makes Ooh. sense okay and i thought that was very sexy i love food and yeah and it's like there's a scene where it's like an egg yolk is being passed from one person's mouth into another person's mouth oh i feel like I- seen this yeah yes yes so it's very it's like food porn literally and uh <laughs> figuratively it, it's it's a good movie but that scene it's like damn should i be getting aroused by this so yeah uh tampopo is my answer here okay your answer is a little your answer is a little bit scarier it's to be scary honest. this is like also it, no, i feel like this was a little like not scary but it's just like it's a animated yeah, film, your eyes are really? widening like it's an animated <laughs> film interesting Okay, yeah, but, okay, so my film is Beauty and the Beast, and I think that many women would stand with me on this, because (laughs) I I also was thinking about this, 
there's like a big crossover between like romance novels and Beauty and the Beast. And Beauty and the Beast is a story that pops up in other romance novels. Like there's a Bridgerton novel that's basically just Beauty and the Beast. Uh, a lot of them are just about men who are like way too, like, I've, I've read a couple like mafia type romance books. Like there's, yeah. like, there's um a common theme that is men are protective and men are like all consuming and like kind of controlling, but it's like, because they love you so much and they like want to be with you so much. And that's, that stems from Beauty and the Beast. I think it's like, it all comes back to Beauty and the Beast for me. <laughs> I don't know if this is just like romance books that I've been reading, but yeah. Um, I, yeah, the Beast is hot. I like the Beast isn't hot, but the Beast and the way that he treats Mannerisms, her and like, yeah. yeah, he like cares for her so much. She like, oh yeah, it's, it's all there. And then, I mean, once he turns into a human though, he is less hot. I will give it that. That's that's probably like the worrying part for me is that like the beast is not hot. But I think like Aladdin too, like there's Aladdin I also see come up for this where Jafar, there's just like some moments in these Disney movies that when you watch them as an adult, you're like, oh, wait, maybe that's like, I, I, why did I feel that way? Like, yeah. As a kid, I'm like, now it makes sense. So yeah, Beauty and the Beast, no, no need to raise your eyes. <laughs> oh, he's giving me the scariest face. Whatever you say. <laughs> Watch. I'm gonna have you watched it recently. No. All right. Well, you're okay. an adult now. Maybe you can rewatch it in the future. Okay, I'll, I'll rewatch it. I'll rewatch it with fresh eyes. <laughs> okay. Um, I think these answers are going to be kind of like similar in this next one. So, which film do you most relate to? I most relate to the film The Spectacular Now, one of my top I films have ever. Written this for you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's I easy. So uh, the pro- <laughs> exactly the protagonist here is literally it's not me. Like we were very similar in some aspects. Uh, also but his, similar. Yeah, thank you. I tell people the yeah Miles Teller. You were going to bring it up too. anyway. No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. <laughs> but it, so his insecurities in the film our insecurities I relatively face, I think, mm-hmm. in my life. And I think there's two scenes where he breaks down mm-hmm. where I'm like, whoa, who, who, what, F- where did my FBI agent who monitors me send them <laughs> material? Because I was like, this, it was, it was per- accurately portrayed. It was acted perfectly. So it was just very, like the romance aspect of it all. I don't think I've had an experience like that, but I think, the way he feels about himself, the way he portrays himself is very, very similar to me. Like, yeah. uh, and I have seen this movie a couple times now. I haven't seen it in a couple of years. I do give it, I, sh- yeah, I do, I would rewatch. Um, but it's just, it's just, I, I most relate to it because of how he interacts, his insecurities, how he engages mm-hmm. with it all. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, the spectacular now. Jewel, how about I you? Really, I don't really remember the spectacular. I mean, I definitely watched it. Yeah. when it came out but i have i also need to do a little rewatch yeah it came um, out in 2013 so it's been a, it's been a it's been a while yeah. and it's a 24 movie one of the first ones yeah that's true um i think mine's also an a24 movie it is it is yeah, yeah yeah um my movie is eighth grade i was thinking about the before trilogy in this but then i was like i'm not gonna deny that i'm extremely anxious like i i've definitely like struggled with anxiety 
a lot of my life. And I think when I watched eighth grade, I could also put this as like the movie that scared me the most. It made me like, it was scary to me than Uncut Gems or like, it was more like edge of your seat, like thrilling yeah. to me than <laughs> Uncut Gems. Um, just the, just the anxiety of being a girl in eighth grade. And, and I think that's just, it, it carries with you for the rest of your life too. I mean, it's, um, it's unsettling, but it also is like hopeful. And I think that like the relationship she had with her father as well, like I have a really close relationship with my dad too. And I, if I watched it again, I think I would, I think I would be too, I would, I would be like too scared to watch it. <laughs> I would be like, yeah. It's like one that I'm going to watch once and then never again. That is true. It's funny, actually. Somebody did rewatch this recently in, on my letterbox. Yeah. Uh, I was like, we watched eighth grade. I was like, interesting choice for rewatching this movie. Yeah, I, that's like not a thing I want to rewatch. It's no. also such a sweet movie. The end with, with the chicken nuggets. Oh, I think about that all the time. That's another like most romantic scene for me. I love that one. Um, okay, what film is objectively the greatest film ever? Okay, this is a difficult question. Yeah. Um, I feel like I could have also written this answer for you. Yeah, well, it's because... <laughs> I okay. I'm, I I need to rewatch this movie. It's been almost ten almost ten years since I watched it. Really? But I think when I watched The Graduate for the first time, I was like, "Whoa, this!" Not ten years. What do you mean, really? Wait, ten years. I watched it like 2014, 2015. Holy shit! Okay, all right. Damn. Yeah. So I do over to rewatch. Yeah. And so the answer might change after you watch it, but I remember seeing it as like a fifteen year old being like, "Before you were even a graduate." Whoa. Like. <laughs> I was like, this is a movie. Sorry. Did you hear all that? No, what happened? Oh, sorry. Someone just called me and then I played music. Okay, anyway, so. Oh. <laughs> uh, whatever. Like, keep okay, this yes, up. You I'll haven't say. seen this since, yeah, before you graduated anything. Exactly. So, but it, when I saw it, I was like, this is a great, like, it was an old film. I was like, usually old films when you're 14, 13, 14, like, oh, this shit sucks. It's not going to yeah. be good. It's too boring. But I was like, this is captivating, beautifully acted, great storyline. I'm like, this is incredible. And I think it's technically the best movie I've seen on a technical scale. That I think the drama is great. Um, other people seem to agree with me. It's high, highly regarded yeah. as the best film of the 60s. So mm-hmm. I already rewatch. Yeah. And I do think, I think there's a good chance I'll I'll, I'll stick to this answer I if I do give it a rewatch. Yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. I'll be like, whoa, I f- don't know what I'm doing with my life either. So. <laughs> Objectively, this is a great film. It is one of my favorites, but it's not, I wouldn't say it's my top favorite anymore, but it's definitely one of the greatest. It's definitely the greatest film I've seen. Yeah, I think that you should rewatch it. It's definitely one that I've rewatched a bunch of times. And it's one of the first that we like bonded over too, I think. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Which I, I would also, that would probably be in my top five. And I had a hard time with this question too, because a lot of people give the answer singing in the rain. That's just like, that is, it is just like, no, yeah. it is the best. But I thought I would. Choose, I was going through my letterbox today trying to figure out like which ones I like the most and which ones I think I've like watched the most and that still I feel that way and I would feel that way about West Side Story I think that that like between the cinematography and the songs and the act it's just every single time I've watched it I've liked it even more and I think the remake too made me like appreciate it in a different way because the remake I also really enjoyed um I mean undeniable like Spielberg just knocked it out of the park but it's the original just also has like a visual element to it that it's the technicolor aspect of it is just stunning that like I 
you get a lot of like Suspiria gets a lot of love for that. And I think the colors in that are so vibrant and singing in the rain is also so vibrant, but West Side Story is just like, if you haven't watched it in a while, just it's fucking, it takes you by surprise every time. I don't know. Every time it hits me. Um, yeah, I love that one, but okay. So what is actually the worst film you've ever seen on the other side? So that's all. I don't, I, I'm just going to say the name and we can move on. It's a Portuguese <laughs> film called Osos. It okay. came from the challenge as well. Yeah. It was just so self-entitled. I don't know why like we chose it because people love the movie, like gave it a good yeah. amount, but so self-entitled, so full of itself, so gory for no reason, like oh. whatever. Yeah, so done. I'm done. We, huh? Is it like a horror film? It's not a horror. It's like a I don't even I can well, I don't like even remember it. Kind of. No, it's not a documentary. It's drama with some documentary elements. So, so, so. Sure. Oof, yeah, yeah, whatever. Okay. Yeah, I won't. I won't add that one to the watch list. You're going to, or you won't? No, I won't. I don't need to see that. That sounds lame. Um, mine is like more mainstream, just because I also I do like enjoy watching bad movies, and then ones that I find I don't. That's why, yeah. But like, I like fun bad movies. Ones that are truly bad, like I cannot sit there. I don't have the attention span. Like, I will look at my phone and I will turn it off. I just can't do it. Yeah. Um, but one that I love that's really bad are all the Twilight movies particularly twilight breaking dawn part one that movie is insane it has absolutely like no cohesion it's like six different movies in once there's just talking <laughs> wolves there's like softcore porn it's just it fucking sucks is a book a like that movie. though i don't remember the book as much I, I feel like i read those like back in high school but the book wasn't as like it's just because the, there was also like a thing where they had to stretch out these movies yeah. so both of these movies Part one and part two are also stupid. Like part two has a fight that doesn't even happen. It like gives you all the impact and then it takes it away. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. happen. It's just the actual book. I don't think has those elements to it, but they had to create some way to fucking capitalize on this franchise and mm-hmm. create two, two movies out of it. And they're both bad, but part one is like egregiously bad. How did this yeah. game does a few good episodes on, on Breaking Dawn <laughs> that I would highly recommend because they are funny. they're nonsensical. Um okay, but then okay, lightheartedly, what is the film that made you laugh the most? So I would say, oh, actually. I like comedies. I don't uh, they're not my all-time favorite films ever. Some of them are, yeah. but like Typically. I think. So Little Miss Sunshine is my answer here because I think the family dynamic is very relatable and you think yeah. it's very funny when you watch it. You're like, wow, this is every family is like this. You're not just unique. And there are certain scenes beautifully acted, Paul Dano, especially when he finds out wow. something monumental. Yeah. It's just so, so true. funny. But also <laughs> I was thinking, I'm looking at my like what letterbox, crazy stupid love, that fight oh, scene yeah. when I when the twist happened for the first time. I I think that's the hardest I've ever laughed during a movie. Like yeah. I watched that. I was watching it at home. I was like, "This is so fucking funny." And also, <laughs> Seven Psychopaths. Huh? I was gonna say Seven Psychopaths for you. I was literally thinking, yeah, it. yeah. Mm-hmm. Seven Psychopaths is funny, but it's also like a, it's not laugh out loud funny. So the, yeah. the question is, what made you laugh the most? Yeah. I wouldn't say Seven Psychopaths made me laugh the most, but I think it's over like. Overall I would say the funny. same for like in Bruges. I think like yes. hard, like a lot of those like McDonald movies, I think are are objectively very funny, but they're not they're not like laugh out loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. yeah, so that's that, that's my answer. I would say it's Little Miss Sunshine with Crazy Stupid Love is close second because just that one scene, but the whole movie is funny. 
Yeah, that is a funny. Something like, that's your a answer is, your answer is your answer is funny. Yeah, something like that. You've seen something like a hot, yeah. right? I, I have, I have, yeah. Yeah, I watched this also in film class, like freshman year. I think that was like one of the first movies that a professor made us watch. Um, it just like yeah, there was. I think it, being seen in theater also created like a fun environment with like a bunch of freshmen, like all of us, like probably never seen that movie before. Um, yeah. But it is like on a rewatch, also so funny. Like the ending scene is one of the funniest scenes. Like even if you don't fully laugh out loud, I think Marilyn Monroe gives like a great performance in that too. She's also really good in How to Marry a Millionaire and or is that what it's called? Yeah, I think that's what it's called. And Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, which is like another one of my favorites. She's she's just so funny. The way that she um physically acts, like she's just great. So um, yeah. yeah, Some Like It Hot is also one that I could watch again and again. I love that movie. I think it's streaming right now, too, so everybody should watch that one. Um, oh, yeah, okay, same in. What is the film that you've watched again and again and could watch again and again? Uh, this movie came out last year, and I've already seen it four times. And knowing Wait, me... four times? I've seen it four times in the past year. Oh, okay, I've seen it once. <laughs> yeah, but, like, so... <laughs> I hate rewatching movies, but the fact that I have shown yeah. this movie multiple to multiple people, I just hit the road. Yeah. yeah, four times in a year. And I hate <laughs> rewatching movies, but Hit the Road by Pana Panayi. It is an Iranian film that came out last year. Fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very relatable. Not every aspect is relatable, but the scenes where uh, it's about a f- f- mom's. Uh, mom and father with their two sons one son is trying to leave it on and i'll just give you that some synopsis but it's like a road trip film he takes from his father jeff and um the fact that i've seen it four times tells you i'm sure i'm showing it to i'm telling as many people about it as possible i'm showing it to many people as possible uh it is just very relatable uh the, the family dynamics is incredible the, the soundtrack the is, is hilarious on, too the kid is hilarious yeah the father's hilarious the soundtrack is ungodly, ungodlike. <laughs> no one else is going to care about it, but I grew up on that music, so yeah. it just was so hitting. Um, and there are certain scenes where I think, again, my FBI agent told the director, this is Omid's life, put in the movie. <laughs> um, so hit the road for me. Is, and I do think I'll see it again this year. Mm. I think I'll hit fifth or sixth rewatch. Yes. Just because I'd watch it with other people who haven't seen it. That's why. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. It was good. I, like I really if, liked if, it. If Criterion, well, it's really, I think it, if people, you don't need to love the movie, that's fine. If you like, if it's four or more, great. If it's four below, you have a taste in your problem. But it's also the relatability <laughs> aspect of it all is yeah, why I enjoy yeah, it so yeah. much. I also love road and, movies. They're very relatable. Yes, I do too. I, yeah. And I would, I would, uh, if Criterion puts this out, I will buy it 100%. <laughs> okay. Mine's like a little less highbrow, but The Parent yeah. Trap, I've seen The Parent Trap. I've never seen it. 600 times. You're insane. You should watch it. it. You have Disney. I'll watch it. I do have Disney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a perfect film. My nieces also like this film now, which is great. (laughs) Um, I could choose a lot of different movies for this, though. Like, especially on Disney, Ever After, I remember watching so much when I was a kid. And I rewatched like maybe last year and it still holds up. It's great. All the Wes Anderson movies, I could also rewatch over and over again. And I have, and I enjoy that immensely. But The Parent Trap, it's just perfect from top to bottom. Nancy Myers like creates this, this world that you just want to live in. 
every single one of her movies has a world that you want to live in. I even watched What yes. Women Want the other day, and like uh, elite apartments, everything is good. It just the soundtracks are good. It's just comfortable to be in, and it's oh, just great performances. It's also just I think it's a comfort aspect. You know, I was probably like around that age when I watched it, and it's it's just carried with me. So yeah. Oh, I could watch that movie. I could watch it today. I might watch it today. It's great. Okay. All right. This question. What... Yeah, I don't know what your answer. Is. It's hard. All right. So my answer. I'm gonna, I'm trying to pick a movie I haven't talked about yet. Okay. So the question uh, is, what is your absolute favorite film? <laughs> You're like so really the last. The last question is more meaningful than this question. Yeah. Like the last question we're talking about, I think matter mm-hmm. is more what's your favorite film. This okay. one is whatever. Does that make sense? Like I feel like when you yeah. sh- okay, we'll get to that question. I mean, we can so we can just combine it if you want. I'm down to combine this one if you're okay with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. my other like, so the last question is, what's the one film you're taking with you to heaven? If you only could choose like one film, and I was thinking like a Wes Anderson, I was thinking Fantastic Mr. Fox. Like I want, I want that comfort, you know. I want yeah. the I want the visuals. I want George Clooney's voice, like to follow me to heaven. But I, I yeah, I think if we go our absolute favorite and the one we're taking together, I feel comfortable with that. What's yours? Okay, so we we'll talk about oh okay that was it from it okay yeah so mine is no, mine is Chef yeah uh, by John Favreau director he's also stars in it gives mm-hmm. himself the ultimate fantasy of having Scarlett Johansson and Sofia Vergara. Vergara as his love yeah. interest like okay. <laughs> But it's a very good movie. The colors are incredible. I've been told multiple times by my friends who've seen it for the first time, being like, yep, this is you in a movie, mm-hmm. if anything. It's comforting. The food's great. The music's incredible. Uh, Low-key road trip movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is of its time. It is of its time at times. Like, yeah. There's a Twitter aspect. I'm like, okay, this wouldn't. This would be laughed at today. <laughs> but... It's a um, <laughs> Yeah, but it is an incredible. It's just I love it so much. It's just such a t- ton of fun, and I think as a person, I exude the energy in the movie at times. So yeah, this was um, also another one that we like bonded over pretty early. Yes, yes, and I rewatched it recently, and it holds mm-hmm. up. So yeah, definitely. Chef is a movie I would take with me to have and be like, guys, this is if you wanted to get to know me, watch this film. We could talk about it after, and let's start yeah. cooking. And it's really so Chef is oh, hundred percent, and the Very colors are fucking incredible. Yeah, and the yeah. soundtrack, like there's some like Al Green in there. Yeah, That's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. So that is, that is. These are the films we'd be buried with us. I know. I haven't done my favorite film. I think you just said it. No, no, no. no. I was thinking Wes Anderson. Oh, you're okay with? Thinking. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, sorry. But my okay. absolute favorite film is Phantom Thread. Also, one of my most rewatched, especially on New Year's yes. Eve. I think that's like essential new year's eve watches for me i've definitely like <laughs> queued it up to this new year's eve scene oh it's great i i don't even actually know what, what to say about it it's just it's um also like a different movie on a rewatch like the first time i watched it i remember being like oh okay what's gonna happen it's unsettling something bad's gonna go down and then by the time i watched it the second time i was like this is a rom-com like this is like mm. a black comedy <laughs> It's like so much funnier on the second go, and it's so romantic. It's just, uh, I really want to know what goes on like in their real life marriage <laughs> as well that like led to the making of this film. Um, yeah. And like Daniel Day Lewis's last 
performance. I think um, Vicky Crepes in this is a revelation too. I've like wanted to follow her career after this. Same with Leslie Manville. Like anything that they're in, I'm pretty much going to watch. Besides old, watch it. yeah, old looks kind of bad, but um, <laughs> otherwise everything else is pretty good. Oh my gosh, um, yeah, yeah. It's it's just the most essential film to me. I think it's the most like to my sentimentalities too. It's like a little dark. It's a little romantic. It's a little funny, um, and it's just oh, it's important to me. I could watch it a million times, and yeah, it's my favorite. Very nice. So yeah, those are our answers. Those are our answers. This we'll is fun. Make a, always... a list. <laughs> yes, maybe separate list for each other. But we could also just create like a account for. Eh, we'll see. We'll see our feeling. But um, <laughs> but yeah, this is a this is it was. I think it's good to talk, put this based on that, so you know what to expect from us and our taste. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a lot of fun talking about your favorite movies, and I know the listeners will have some favorites looped in as well here. So, um. So yeah, so that was a lot of fun, Jewel. Um, and so I think something we want to do at the end of every episode is also talk about what we watched recently, like uh, that or it doesn't even need to be watched. Listen to, uh, yeah, what TV to, shows, you know, what movies, TV show, album, album, yeah. like what's like in the vein Folk. of NPR, like what's making you like most happy right now? Yeah. So Definitely. Jewel, if you want to go first, oh, okay, oh. yeah. Um. I mostly just wanted to create this segment just because I wanted to shout out the show Primo on Amazon and like it's a freebie original but it's it's on Amazon the same as Jury Duty which is also was really great um and like kind of took me by surprise like, oh yeah how was how was Jury Duty I mean it's, I, I, it's I was so like, fun I mean like this? go into it kind of like I already know what happens oh, like, okay yeah, the yeah, yeah. premise yeah 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 but it's it's just silly and it's it was more like sweet than I expected because I was like how are they gonna land this plane like it just seems kind of sad to like have James Marsden pretend to be your friend (laughs) and I was like a little worried the whole time just like that cynicism has never gone away um but that it it was like such a delight it ended up very sweet and it I I really liked that but Primo as well is like a Shea Serrano show kind of based on his yes life and I love Shea Serrano I love um like a lot of the ringer podcasts too that those definitely deserve like a shout out in terms of our um podcast taste but his life and his story is like going to be based off of his experience with his five uncles and it's just very sweet and it i started the first couple episodes being like okay like i feel like i when i started it i was like i didn't know what was going to happen and I was like this is like idyllic that there's like five uncles that you just have this like really close family like I don't I don't really have like an extended family like that yeah it was a little idyllic to me to watch it but it's so it's so funny as well like I've been like actually laughing at it and every episode has been really sweet and the relationship that they have like his mother and these five uncles it's very like protective and sweet and um yeah, it was I saw the trailer for it. I totally forgot it came up, but I'm, I'm I definitely might give it a watch. Yeah, it's only eight episodes. I think I have like two left, oh, but I'm already minutes. excited to rewatch it. It's going to be like one of those comfort. I think it Mike Schur's producing it as well. Um, so it does I, he, have he has good taste. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's got that like comfort of those NBC shows, but it's it's a little new too. It, it also kind of reminds me of the sitcom The Unicorn. I don't know if you ever watched that with Walter. I'm not, no, I never did. No. I, that's like my other expertise is like <laughs> short and sweet sitcoms. Yes. So definitely Primo is is what's making me happy this week. 
Um, I'm in my book era right now. Uh, I I finished two books within the past couple days. I know, and I need I need to continue this trend. Um, so if any books are making sense, me either way. But I did just finish "Stay True" by Huai uh Huai Su. Uh, it's a memoir about him and his friend Ken, who ends up uh dying when they're good friends um in college, and. It's okay. The cover is great. Love the color scheme of yellow and orange, but it <laughs> talks about like just being in it, like coming from parent of immigrants, but it also talks about friendship and platonic friendship between two guys. Um, it also talks about death. I read this. It's kind of funny. The timing of reading this was around the death of a, fr- a certain friend of mine, uh, late May. And I don't think I've like, I deal with death funny enough. I didn't even realize that episode mm. uh, we're doing, but it's mm-hmm. it's a, it it allowed me to process some thoughts I had. I, I don't when, when it comes to people dying, I'm like I it affects me for the day. Then I'm like, let me go live my life. That that's what they would want me to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was reading this, it ended up being around the same time this friend had died, and I actually used his service, like a service uh pamphlet mm-hmm. as a bookmark. And funny enough, mm-hmm. I picked that book. I picked the service. I didn't even put two and two together to like I was like, oh yeah. shit, this is kind of eerie. But yeah. it allowed me. I do wish yes, the book yeah, was a longer, but it. <laughs> exactly but i do wish the book was a little longer but it was very eerie reading this during this anniversary but it's it it, it, it there are some passages that are hit you fucking hard mm. and it is a book it just won the pulitzer so it's not like this is a, mm. a low-key under the ground like oh, i'm putting yeah. it on something it, it, yeah. but it's a very good book that i recommend most people to read because everyone at this point in their life has had someone that close to them pass and maybe didn't process it correctly so yeah uh stay true i would recommend um, but yeah, so I think those I, I, I like the segment. It allows me to, to diversify stuff. I am rewatching mm-hmm. Modern Family right oh, now. That's like such a, fuck a good ton. A fuck ton. It's <laughs> bad. I even watched like the documentary they made at the end of the series, stayed up till 2 a.m. to watch that. Now yeah. I'm starting back at season one. I started where I made my parents stopped watching it, like just think life yeah. just got busier for us. We watched a lot of the middle seasons, the Nazi the first begin and I so I caught up on the end seasons. Now I'm catching up from the beginning. So yeah, we watch. I watched um, that too quickly. Yeah. I was like, I need to like slow yes. down and, and like enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> you, because it's like so episodes. like exactly. So yeah. um, but yeah, so that's that. And I think we do want to give you a heads up of what's coming on the calendar. Uh just to hold ourselves accountable, to also hold you guys accountable if you do want to watch with us. Um so I think we are going to we forgot so the next week's <laughs> next the next episode we're so we're hopefully going to put this out on a yeah next one so we're hopefully going to put this out on a bi-weekly basis so it should be in your should be in your uh spotify apple music apple podcast feed every other wednesday that's the goal right now things mm-hmm. may change we're we're infancy stages but i do think the next recording episode will be about this new spider-verse i have to see both of them so uh but we'll all get there don't worry and then we were going to do a deep dive, but we never established with a deep dive. We could do it right now, establish it now. Um, I mean, what, honestly, let's just talk about the Spider-Verse. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we have a lot to talk about with Spider-Verse. Especially because exactly. we've never seen the first one. To, yeah, like, and then we can also talk about this. And it is a perfect film, yeah. so. <laughs> so, yeah, and then we can talk about animation and, and, and other Spider-Man films. So, definitely... So Spider, yeah, Spider Verse. I would definitely. We'll talk about that both films because mm-hmm. I, I damn, I gotta put, I gotta put out on my things to do this week. Watch the original <laughs> Spider Verse. I thought it was gonna be shown in a fucking theater near me because it's like, oh, people, they tend to whatever they yeah, did, so it's hype. whatever. Yeah. Um. So I have to watch the original. 
Oh, it is not available anywhere. Fuck me. <laughs> I don't want to buy it. I'll torrent it somewhere. Okay, so that's number that's number two. Uh, and I'll, we'll put out the episode a week and a half after the film comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll have time, time to, to read it, it, to watch yeah. it. Exactly. And then we're going to do a summer preview episode after that. Um, and that's going to be talking about films coming up the summer. The summer seems to be fucking stacked. Yeah. And by that point, I of the recording, I will have seen... Uh, What's it called? I will have seen Past Lives. So oh, uh, that's yeah, going to be coming out in a couple well. of weeks. So yeah. And then we'll talk about the summer movies we're most excited for. And then episode four, we're going to start our first theme uh, pod, the theme podcast where it's four on the 40s, where we're going to talk about four films from the 40s we've never seen before that either define the era. Or something we've seen. Uh, or some we've seen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we watch yeah. so just the, define the era, the talk, to talk about the, to talk about uh what was like just to talk about those films because i think we want to diversify our film experience and why mm-hmm. not go into old cinema so yeah. we'll have those four films for you uh by the next recording mm-hmm. um so you'll have like a couple of weeks to watch those four films as well yeah just to kind of capture some of those endless watch list items <laughs> exactly and please make sure to follow them. us yeah please make sure to follow us on socials we'll start yeah. those up as well Socials and Letterbox will have a list of all these movies as yes. well. I I love seeing people's answers to this, to this like prompt of films we've heard. Yes, so definitely. Like, um, would love to see some answers there too. But yeah, yes. it was really fun talking with you, Amid. Yes, you as well, Jewel. And if you have, they also text us your answers to these questions as well. But this has been a blast. We hope you keep endlessly watching. Oh, endlessly listening to the endless watch <laughs> list. You saw that. Like um, but this this is this is a lot of fun and uh hope to see you guys soon. Yep. Bye. Adios. Bye. Bye. <laughs>